0: Peace and blessings, love and light. What's going on, travel family? Shout out to all my adventures near and far. This is time for a little bit of an informal check in. Y'all doing all right? I hope you're doing well. There's a lot going on. Now, if you're new to the channel, welcome to Point Noir, home to Point Noir podcast, where we equip men of color to shift their paradigms through travel. As always, I'm your host, guiding you through this audio experience, Jerry the Third, aka Kimono Jack. And this is a very special, very urgent session. It's going to be all about COVID-19, a.k.a. the coronavirus. If you've been following the channel, you'll notice I did not drop a new session this week. I was dealing with some health matters of my own, and I firmly believe and firmly enforce that Your mental health is your wealth. So while I was struggling with flu symptoms and allergies, on top of all this news about the pandemic, as it's been declared, that has broken out throughout the globe, the travel plans and opportunities that have been canceled. I really needed to take time for myself to heal, rest and recover and bring you my best self as a host, as a operator of a platform so that I could give you valuable information. And this is a perfect example of that. While perusing through the internet, seeing all the information and misinformation about what's going on with this strain of virus, the social distancing, there's just so much going on, and I was starting to feel pretty low that I hadn't gotten on the mic to share information with you. So what I did was I reached out to one of our alums of the show, shout out to Dr. Flanagan, featured on session 14, real ass young black doctor out here putting his life on on the line every single day amidst this pandemic and he was so generous to offer me a few minutes of his time to share with you you in particular about the basics of what's going on with this strain of virus how you can best prepare how you can best handle it even what to do to notice symptoms and take your treatment your potential treatment a few steps forward thank you so much doc um, really appreciate it. He literally was helping to deliver a baby. So we had to move our schedule time up. So if you're a longtime follower of the channel, you'll notice I don't have any music going on right now. Just really kind of wanted to set the tone to hopefully perk your ears up, listening closely, taking this information. And ultimately, I'd like it to offer you a feeling of peace and calm and just knowing some information from a qualified person source. So without further delay, let's get into our conversation with Dr. Dante Flanagan. Yo, what's going on, Dante? Thanks so much for joining me today. Glad to have you back on the platform, bro.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. This is perfect time and in light of uh, where we are as a state and the country right now. So I'm I'm excited
0: about that. In light of circumstances globally, man, I'm, I'm grateful that we have experts who have already come through the platform as guests. You were on session 14. We kicked it then, y'all. If you haven't checked it out, definitely make sure you check out session 14. But this week, I thought to take a moment to to share some of your expertise regarding COVID-19, the coronavirus, mm-hmm. what's going on. Because um, you know we were chatting, as we do occasionally, and you were sharing a bunch of deep stuff. And I was like, bro like can we just share this with people and you as a medical professional I know yeah. you definitely have things you'd love to to share to not only keep people safe but also encourage them through this time
1: yeah um I think one of the things for me because i we've been seeing um the effects of corona for I guess like two or three weeks now and I know that hasn't been out to the public some for good reason for some I wish the public could receive so they could get a better understanding of what's going on one of the things is first things first is not to panic. Plague happens, viruses like this happen. But at the same time, we have to be responsible and understanding that this is a real threat and people are going to get sick. But I do think that each one of us have a responsibility to to, to try to prevent the spread and not to make light of it as if it's not that serious of an issue. There's other issues going on with resources that I think people need to be made aware of as far as Ventilators are concerned, mm-hmm. PPEs, which are personal protective equipment that we as healthcare professionals we use on a regular basis. But as you've seen, people have just gone they've gone in panic mode and just buying up all the masks, all the gloves, all the gowns. Right. And it's not at that level. Something that I've been talking to the, my healthcare community is that we're getting to the point where we're having to lock up these items and it's becoming a shortage, and it's like, okay. If we don't have them, we're on the front line. We can't take care of the people that are coming in that are sick. Right. And if, if we're not here to help, nobody gets help.
0: Exactly. Because yeah. we are not medical professionals, which is one of the reasons that I, I brought you on. So real quick, mm-hmm. could you update us? Because not everybody listened to session 14. It's okay. Right. You know, people right. are busy. <laughs> could you state out why you're a qualified professional on the subject matter and kind of catch us up to what is going on with COVID-19? It is now March 14th, I believe. Right. Um, right. What has happened and what's going on right now? So reintroduce yourself to everybody.
1: Yeah, Dr. Dante Flanagan. I'm a nurse anesthetist um, Was my vocation. I have my doctorate from Columbia, but I've been in the anesthesia field um, board certified for 10 years now. I still practice full-time and uh, inside of a group and independently. And the facility I cover now, we co- I mean, I've covered everything from labor and delivery to open heart surgery to um, GYN, orthopedics, um, cover the whole gamut, and respiratory cases in, in, um, as well. Okay. Um, for me, what I've seen is we, we're on the front line for taking care of these respiratory issues with these patients okay. that come in.
0: So this is a respiratory issue, COVID-19?
1: COVID-19 turns into a respiratory um, issue leading toward um, pneumonia. Okay. which is what has been causing uh, death for people that have gotten too sick to be treated. The closest thing we see for it, we've, we've seen as acute respiratory distress syndrome,
0: mm.
1: which is a acute issue that causes the lungs to not be able to get uh, oxygenation properly. Okay. Um, and that causes distress and leads to um, other, other pathophysiology issues down the line when your organs can't get oxygen and they in turn fail. Okay. And what we're seeing is that we try to prevent the symptoms from getting that far, or treat the symptoms. But a lot of the elderly patients that are getting sick, and it's, it is showing some of the middle-aged people as well. But the elderly that can't fight off the infection, we're seeing them deteriorate pretty rapidly with lung and respiratory issues okay. uh, that require ventilation and special ventilation. That doesn't. That's not your typical ventilation that we have for a patient that's in surgery. Or someone who's in the regular ICU. It requires more attention, more one on one help from respiratory therapists. And these ventilators are also in limited supply when it comes to the general popul- population, percentage wise.
0: That's interesting. That's an aspect that I haven't heard brought up a lot. You know, being in the social media world as we are, being adventurers and travelers, we're we right. hear so much information and it seems like every year there's a different virus or outbreak that someone is cautioning us about. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we talked a little bit that it took some time to realize how serious this was because kind of for good reason, like you hear about this all the time. So I I know I was personally desensitized to the matter. Right. Right. If it weren't for checking out posts from experts like yourself or mm-hmm. even across the world, I didn't realize how big of a deal this was. So... What is making this so different than other things like Ebola or right. uh, West Nile or SARS or things like that?
1: And I think a lot of people have been comparing this to the common cold or the, the flu yeah. that happens every year. And I think it undermines the the uh, importance of what's going on, the severity of what's going on. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is that the how fast these issues are taking, taking hold. Okay, but There's a common comparison of the number of people that have That have died from the coronavirus since January or let's even say the last four weeks as versus as compared to the flu where what we're missing is that we're comparing an entire season or two seasons inside of a year of the flu versus a couple of months Mm. and these numbers when you take it into consideration that there's there's a six-week number versus a six-month number that we're comparing and when you see that the speed at which those are affecting people is that's what's scary. That's what we have to pay attention to. That's why the pandemic has spread the way it has, because the thing is it takes root so quickly. I think it's important that we have to realize how it spreads and how we have to be diligent every moment of every day now, um, because it's a new virus our body hasn't seen. um, And we haven't had a, we haven't um, taken really got control of it yet. Hmm. Um, but we do have the power to kind of slow it down by just being just diligent in our own self-care at home, in our offices, in our daily lives.
0: Right. That's been a super interesting thing. I was talking to my dad on the phone yesterday. and He was saying how everybody's out of Purell and, you know, right. the, the hand disinfectant. And bro, for myself, I looked up for the first time what soap actually does. Because ever since I yeah. was a kid, yeah, I wash my hands when I go to the bathroom, wash my hands before, after I eat, all this sort of right. stuff. But I didn't understand what soap actually did. Yeah. And I was like, oh, soap's like high key this shit. Like exactly. this makes a lot of sense. And I feel right. like there's a lot of misinformation on why, you know, people are, have been programmed or marketed to go for Purell instead of soap. Right. So can you share just some of the basic fundamentals of how we can take care of ourselves for this period and going forward?
1: Right, definitely. And Purell has been uh, just, just uh, proclaimed as like the quick fix, so to speak. You can wipe your hands. It has alcohol in it. It cleans the bacterias off. But even then, for us as healthcare workers, we only do that two or three times before we wash our hands because washing your hands is the gold standard. With soap. With soap. With Dang. soap. Antibacterial soap. And that's the gold standard. So ideally, we, you get a bar of soap, you scrub. 20 seconds is what, they're, what the CDC is recommending now. For us, we look at surgical cases, we go for 30 seconds to 45 seconds. Because that is the level of sterility that we want to maintain. If you do that at home or in your daily life, you should be pretty clean, pretty clear. It's unfortunate that it's taken something like this for us to get more serious about it. But if this is what it takes for people to start washing their hands and being more aware of the things and the hard surfaces around them, what they're touching, what they're cleaning. then so be it. I mean, a clean world is better for everyone. Right. You know? So, I mean, if we have to start now, that's one way to get going. Um, The other thing too is having antibacterial wipes, such as your Clorox, your Lysol, uh, your bleach wipes and wiping down hard surfaces, especially in your home, especially Mm -hmm. in a time of like social isolation that they're, Um, program people to do right now. Um, We're only as safe as our environment is clean. Hmm. So if we're not taking the precautions, we're still not doing our part to slow down the progression of the the COVID-19.
0: Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Only as safe as our environment is clean, Mm -hmm. especially during this time. Right. There is a spirit that we see through social media. I'm not even talking about the jokey stuff because we use humor to cope. But, you know, flight deals are hella low right now. Yeah. And, um, but then there's also situations we haven't seen before in our lifetime. We're under a, a mm-hmm. state of national emergency. Right. How do you view these opportunities maybe? Do you even see them as opportunities with flight deals with all this going on?
1: I'm in full support of the, the deals and taking advantage of them, but also being uh, cautious in the same arena. If you are doing it, I would definitely highly recommend flying with a mask or a glove or at least antibacterial wipes to wipe down the seats at the airports being very cautious of hard surfaces at the airlines when you are when you're boarding about touching things and being able to wash your hands immediately afterwards these precautions don't change um whether you're here or taking a flight to the caribbean or to europe or wherever you still have to be responsible for yourself and for as us travelers you know we love a good deal when it shows up so Shit. Yeah, I caught me a ticket. <laughs> Got me a cheap little flight to Paris and that's what we're doing but at the same time I'm also my flight's not till this summer so I'm also waiting out to see how the government is going to respond to this. Okay. Um I have friends who happened to take a flight over to Europe this week. Actually I had a friend who was on the flight when the ban came out, right, the travel ban to get back into the US.
0: Yeah. And
1: you know, that's something that we haven't seen for a ourselves as Americans in our lifetime, we've never seen the point where Americans can't get back into the U S. So that's one of the risks we run, especially for our generation where we, I mean, we love experiences and travel, you know, that's, that's a big risk to take, but at the same time, we also can't live in fear, but we can live in responsibility. Mm. And I think that's most important.
0: Yeah. I love yeah. that. The responsibility aspect. mm mm-hmm. That's a great point. Because again, there's so many different ideas and memes and stuff going around. And listen, not everybody is informed. Not everybody is educated to the point of having the right right to have an opinion. Yeah. Um, And there's a huge difference between opinions and someone who's actually a trained professional who knows the research and things like that. And sometimes, you know, we get a little bit mixed up in the jumble. Mm -hmm. So I did want to ask you how to go about seeking care if we think that we might have, or somebody in our family right. has contracted COVID-19, what are the mm-hmm. steps and what's accessible to American citizens right now?
1: Yeah, definitely, perfect. So one of the first things is being, um, versing ourselves in the symptoms of Jeez. COVID-19 and okay. how that compares to seasonal allergies, which is also at a high right now, and um, the common cold and the flu, both of, all of which are at its height right now. Yeah. Um, one of the main things is, fevers, measuring our temperature. And we can, I mean, some of it is resources-based where um, I didn't, we didn't grow up with a thermometer at home. So a lot of us was the hand over the head, forehead, if you're warm, right, take that into consideration. Um, it doesn't have to be exact science, it doesn't have to be anything that requires complete accurate numbers. If you feel warm and you feel ill, um, combined with a dry cough, and you are in a more vulnerable population, it may be time for you to, one, either isolate yourself socially for the recommended 14 days, or two, if you get to one where you're having difficulty breathing, come to the emergency rooms. They are all, at this point, everyone should be equipped with testing kits. Um, Urgent Cares also have testing kits um, that that they can take care of. Right. The other thing is bringing family members with you um, so that they can get tested also, and if not tested, Mm-hmm. At least they can be socially isolated in order not to spread the virus. Hmm. Um, there are people that are testing positive for the COVID nineteen virus that are asymptomatic. That means they are not; they do not have a fever, they uh, do not have a cough. Um, and these are the ones. This is how the pandemic spreads because these are the the walking people that could, could technically pass the virus on to others. Right, and um, that would lead us to getting it. T- someone like the elderly that will be sick
0: right and one of the challenges with this particular virus is that it has a pretty long lifespan on these hard surfaces like you mentioned like up to 72 hours something like that
1: yeah there's the 72 hours um and it also can be your symptoms can be dormant for 14 days wow so that's this wide window of when you come in contact to when you show symptoms to you potentially being a carrier during that entire two week span. So everyone you come in contact with, you could be one to spread. That's why the social isolation is so important. It's not just that you're a healthy individual. It's not gonna bother you you as much as the uh, 70 year old, but you're still a threat. You're still a a carrier of the virus. And that's where we have to take that responsibility, that social responsibility Mm
0: -hmm. for our
1: fellow man. It's bigger than just us as one person or one family. We have to look at our neighborhood, our community, our coworkers, everyone is vulnerable.
0: Absolutely. One of the other things that I have read about that impacts this virus is if you already have a respiratory challenge that you're more susceptible. So, I mean, that could be even something that we don't think is a big deal, like as, exactly, asthma. asthma.
1: Yeah, asthma, which is you can have, you have people who've had childhood asthma, their lungs have still been affected. Yeah, Smokers, previous smokers, all these people people that have chronic disease that doesn't necessarily affect them daily, Mm -hmm. but the lung damage has been done. Right. And then sometimes all it takes is just that, that one, um, small infection to flare up. And now you're already behind the eight ball. Yeah. And that's, what's also difficult. We have people who have had asthma in the past have had no flare ups, but this infection attacks the lungs. And it's something your body is already behind on because of the damage that the bronchioles have encountered in previous years. And sometimes it's masked as, right now, it could be kind of masked as the seasonal allergy. And you're, you, may have, you may be prone to asthma attacks right now. And so that's when we add in the fever component. People that usually have asthma attacks don't have a fever combined at the same time. Okay. Those two, those two together, that brings up a higher uh, suspicion toward COVID-19. And we have to take that serious.
0: Okay. So going forward as a professional, how would you recommend that people stay best alert to the status of things going on in the U.S.? Should they look at the CDC website, the WHO, World Health Organization? Um, How can people stay informed?
1: Stay informed. I like the WHO personally, um, just because it gives you a a broader picture, like a 30,000 foot view of what's going on in the world and how various countries are dealing with it. And you can see how they implement that for your own household and also to see what potentially can come down the pipeline for the U.S. I think the idea of now that um, schools are closing has been foreseen because that's what other commun- other countries are doing sure sure um, the mass testing I think that we can plan ahead for that because that's what seems to be working in these other countries the, the delivery options for food and supplies I think that may be something that we can we can kind of expect because these things are already happening successfully in other countries right. um, the locking down of borders Italy did that already we see that so it's just the you can kind of predict where to go so that you don't feel kind of um, just unexpectedly overwhelmed with these new things that are happening. It's okay, let's just start trying to plan and figure things out before the official uh, declarations come down from the top. If, because the epidemic the, the started elsewhere, we kind of have a, a heads up about what's going to happen um, in the next week or so or two or 10 days or two weeks, because we've seen and we're watching in real time to see what other countries are doing and what's working and what's not working.
0: Right, and on that note, do you have any predictions on how the next couple of weeks might look for us or maybe the next 30 days?
1: Yeah, um, in my head I've, I've swallowed the idea and I've told everyone I think it's gonna get uh, worse before it gets better okay. um, as far as our social life goes okay. and as far as our family life goes. It's gonna, it's gonna be a lot more Speed bumps along the way and changes before we get a hold on things and go back to our normal life.
0: There's right. going to be
1: a lot more disruption to our normal life before we get back to normalcy around us, um, and that could be right now. I'm in New Orleans, and we, the state, actually has closed down schools for children, right? And the, the college institutions have also closed down schools. Uh, I believe everyone closed down yet Friday, yesterday. Wow. Now that's a new disruption um, that happened Friday, so Monday when people and kids will usually be in school, it's gonna be a completely different way of life and they've closed the schools for a month. Wow. That is a, that is a dramatic change to our daily life that we've, we haven't experienced in our generation. Right. So like I said, I think, I think it's gonna get worse until we can get a hold on more tests, more treatments, more social isolation. And that's, I mean, we're looking at two weeks of up and downs until we can kind of get a, get a ramp, a handle on um,
0: stability. Wow. And that's so significant. We've chatted online a little bit. And before we even got on this conversation, I was telling you about this idea of, of pivoting rather than panicking. Right. Yeah. And one of the things that stands out for you and I both is that issues like this disproportionately affect those who are vulnerable. And that tends to be communities of color, people of color, right. men of color, you know, yes. what the platforms about. So do you have any either personal or professional recommendations for helping us pivot and, and manage, Throughout the coming weeks, because mm-hmm. there's some of us who can't afford not to work, or you know, the school was providing the meals that our kids needed. Yeah, how can we navigate through this mm-hmm. as people who might be, you know, not, might not have many options?
1: Right. And I think the biggest thing is for us all to be aware and empathetic to those that are in those positions. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, when these things happen, it tends to highlight. The shortcomings that are that are sitting in our community every day. Mm-hmm. The idea that yes, all the schools in the state are closed. Right. a lot of those children depend on that lunch and that breakfast every day, and that is a huge resource that they're they're going to miss. And fortunately, that's something that they're trying. People are trying to combat in different nonprofit organizations. The government is trying to um, resolve that. But right. that's also the reality of like how important. These institutions are beyond just educating they're also feeding our children yeah some things that we can do also if if we're healthy and we have the the resources to volunteer go to the food bank take take supplies to your neighbors or someone down the street i mean you still can keep your social distance distance and bring supplies to someone bring right. a meal a bag lunch fruit vegetables any, any of those things Will help people get over this hump. Um, I right. think it's, this is one of the most important times where we start. We have to turn toward our just inner humanity, where we are. We're more givers than takers, and I hope that plays out as people, you know, stop overstocking home their homes and taking everything off of the shelves in these grocery stores. We're only as good as the as our weakest link. And so, it what's great. It's not great if one person survives and ten people die because they didn't have the supplies and we have a house full i think that's something we also have to pay attention to but i think if when you're healthy and you can protect yourself i think it's a great opportunity to just do service that that's gonna keep us closer and it's gonna help us in the long run
0: yeah i think even if that service comes in the form of sharing some positivity sharing a little bit of light sharing you know why soap is important things like this conversations like this I think this opens up great opportunity. While we're practicing our social distancing, we can still connect like we are right now. We haven't talked in a minute. Yeah, it feels good to know that somebody else is thinking along the same lines, that has similar concerns and similar solutions, and and is still wanting still like you're on the front lines adding value because I can't like I can (laughs) pretend to be a scientist on the Internet, but I am not a medical professional. So I think there are opportunities that will arise from this. It doesn't have to come in the form of, like you said, you know, stocking up too much food and things like this. But there are other opportunities to support each other during these moments.
1: I think also just being there for your your friends and, and um, family that are in the healthcare profession. This is stressful to everyone, but they are on the front line and they their mental stability may be at stake for them. Um, right. It's a lot to come in and take care of patients as is, even more so in a pandemic when you're putting yourself on the line. Basically, you're putting your patients first, as as we should. But it's a lot different when you can potentially be infected yourself.
0: Right. Absolutely. And I was going to say this before we signed off anyway, but shout out to you. Thank you so much to you and all the other healthcare professionals who are out here on the front lines Mm -hmm. using your gifts to the the maximum good at this moment, man. We appreciate it. We benefit from it in ways we can't even imagine. And your families, bro, because when things are uncertain and you're a part of that small community in your house, they miss it too. They, yep. they want you there they want to know that you know you're okay and and for you to know that you're looking after them so that, that's a big deal man thank you so much no problem
1: yeah and I think um, like I said it's I think it's also a great opportunity for us to just take time to enjoy our family when we're at home mm-hmm. um, take time to enjoy our friends I think it's important to for self health. right now you can still take the time to write goals Write down your your, med- your journals, your, your meditation. It's time to take time and look in. Take the 10, 15 minutes and just personal reflection. This too will come to, will end. And you still have the rest of the year. Make those plans now. Take the time to just plot out where you want to go and all the steps to get there. This is a prime time to like look inside and just figure out how can I do more? How can I be better in the rest of the year, the next five years? And to show great gratitude for what you have. Look around and realize like, as Americans, I mean, we're, we're here. We tend to have more than we need. Less time to just take. be grateful for what's around us. Families, books, paper, write, <laughs> the space to think clearly. We just got to take advantage of it.
0: That's a big deal, man. Things that often get understated, but a point of gratitude is always a great starting point, man. Yeah. So, dude, I'm so glad you were able to, you know, spend, you are literally... At work, like these are not yeah. fake scrubs, y'all. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, no. We, we've been trying to
1: do this all day, and I was like, I mean, I'm going to surgery right now. I'm going to surgery again. I was like, all right, I got a break in between. I literally just got out of surgery. um Yeah, the front line is real. Surgeries do not stop. Healthcare doesn't stop.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, man. But um again, thank you so much for spending the time to share value with everybody on the platform. Yeah we will have you come back through with all the other dope things that you have going on. Cause it's a lot and I'm so on board for it. But until yes. next time, Dr. Dante Flanagan. Yes, sir. Thank you, bro. Hope to see you back here soon at the point.
1: Safe travels to YouTube, my friend.
0: Thank you, man. Peace. For realsies. I know it's been a difficult week. I'm literally here on the mic, just breathing through my mouth because I'm still stuffed up with the flu, but thank you so much again, Dante, Dr. Flanagan for coming through. Forgive the audio quality. We were literally recording on the fly. He was actually in the doctor's lounge before his next important call. So again, shout out to all the healthcare workers putting their lives on the line. Shout out to their families. Send them love and light. And hopefully you feel a little bit more calm about the situation for myself between asking the questions during the interview or the conversation, as you will, and editing it. I just felt a lot more knowledgeable about what was going on, like soap. Is the key. I don't even need to piggyback off of anything he said. He is a qualified medical professional, but sometimes it helps to hear something from the source. And I'm so grateful that our cast of alumni just kicks ass across the board. We have experts all across the field. And Dante chose to take the time and come through in this moment right now because, as he said, things are probably going to get a little bit rockier, at least socially, before they get a lot better. So hopefully you take this information, you use the information, seriously, I'm washing my hands pretty much every hour just because, and share this information. You know, we always talk about sharing the show to inspire other men of color to get their passports, to build our brand and get more listeners, because we believe we're doing a really cool thing here. But this is really a big issue. And again, for us as generally the people of color who listen to the show, these communities are going to be feeling most of the crunch when things come down, either in a health perspective or an economic perspective. So I wish you seriously all the best to your health, to our collective mental health. As schools are extending their spring breaks, as entire states are shutting down their school systems, I hope you're able to provide for your families in a way that keeps them assured, keeps them comfortable, keeps them hopeful about what's going on and we're not responding out of fear that we're being courageous. And for those, like Dante said, that can help, that are able-bodied, that feel healthy, you know what? Get out there. See what you can do. Spread just a little bit of positivity. Even just being understanding is a really big deal. I'm not going to comment on the memes and the jokes and stuff like that. That's for a whole different mindset. I'm literally intending to get this out tonight so you have access to this great information that Dante provided as soon as as possible. So until then, if you want to see what's going on with the show or some other thoughts that we're thinking on the platform, make sure you hit us up. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Point Noir Show. Have any questions, always feel free to reach out. I'll do the best I can as the operator of this platform to direct you to that information. But I hope you really appreciated this, that you appreciate Dante's time. And I will see you next week with our brand new session and brand new. Amazing man of color who's out here shifting his paradigm through travel. Till then, seriously, take care. Turn your screens off. Breathe. We're going to get through this and we're going to get through this better together. I promise you. This is Jerry the Third, aka Kimono Jack, signing off. Have a good night, y'all.